Once more Jesus said to them, I am going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, Will he kill himself? Is that why he says, Where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. Good morning once again to everyone. That's a, that's a good reading, isn't it? Um, Jesus is talking to some uh, leaders in the, in the uh, community of Israel. And he makes a statement to them. And that statement basically is, where I'm going, you can't come. <clears throat> I, think, I think that's probably one of the greatest fears that can enter into a person's heart when he sees everybody else go somewhere and he can't go with them. That uh, there's a popular belief that uh, is among religious folks, especially those who believe in the New Testament and read the New Testament, that uh, there's going to come a time when, when Jesus comes back that he's going to take his people and leave this planet and leave others behind. Now that, that of course, is a, is a scary proposition. Probably, I would say, 40 years ago or so, maybe longer than that, probably closer to 45. The, the lady called me one morning, and it was the, the time change when, when we change our clocks. And everybody got to sleep in an extra hour. Well, I got a telephone call, and there was a lady in a panic, a sister in Christ, and she said, Bill, Bill. And I said, what? She said, where is everybody? And I said, well... <laughs> I'm home, and I assume everybody else is home. I said, why, where are you? And she said, I'm at the church building. She said, I thought the rapture had come, and I'd been left behind. <laughs> well, you know, she was, she was panicked. The, the term rapture means a carrying off. That's basically what the word means. And, and uh, some actually believe that from, from the New Testament. So they, they get the concept that when Jesus comes again, he's going to take... His own, he's going to take the, the saved, basically. He's going to raise, only going to raise the, the dead in Christ. Then he's going to take those who are saved and change them. Then off, everybody's going to go and leave the planet behind with, with others. Now, this text, it, that's nowhere taught in the New Testament, basically. The term rapture isn't found in the New Testament. But people have come to that conclusion. But let's, let's read some text. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14 says, If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not go before them that are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, that the trump of God, the dead in Christ, shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Now that simply tells us the sequence of events among those who are in Christ. So those who are dead in Christ will rise first. 
Then those who are alive will be, so everybody will be caught up with him in the clouds. It doesn't say anything about the unsaved, but basically, let's, let's look at the other text. In John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, it says, Marvel not at this, this is Jesus speaking, the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Now he's saying, everybody in the grave will hear his voice, all. That's everyone. And shall come forth, they that have done good under the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. So this text plainly tells us that when Jesus comes again and he causes the resurrection, everybody will be resurrected. Okay. Second Corinthians 5 verse 10 says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So the resurrection scene and the judgment scene will include everybody. This doesn't indicate that anybody is going to be left behind for some later date. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52 through 54, it says, In a moment, he's talking about the resurrection. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Now, he's talking about all the dead. Everybody will be raised. That's the resurrection. And we shall be changed. So this mortality will put on immortality. He says, This corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death shall be swallowed up in victory. Now, this would be a terrifying thought if it were true that you would be left behind standing on this planet and everybody else was gone. The text here and other places do not give us that picture. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10 says that when the day of the Lord comes, the heavens will disappear with a noise, will vanish with a noise. The elements will melt with heat. The earth and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now that's, that's the sequence we see. Now that to me is terrifying too. There won't be any place for anybody to stand when Jesus comes back. But that's, that's not really what we want to talk about. What we want to talk about is being left behind. Being left out. Not being able to go where Jesus goes. When everybody's resurrected, we want to go with Jesus. When we stand in the day of judgment, we want to stand on the side of the sheep, not the side of the goats. We want to be with Jesus. Now, there are two critical concepts that were, did you get it in the text that we're reading? You may not have because I want to go back over it with you and look at it. Jesus said there are two reasons why they could not come with him. Did you get them? One other, one was, he said, I'm, I'm from above, you're from beneath. You're down here, I'm up here. Basically, he's saying, you don't live on the same level that I live on. You don't think the way I think. You don't behave like I behave. So he's saying, the reason you can't come is because you're down here and I'm up, you're beneath and I'm above. We have different backgrounds, different concepts, different morals, different codes. 
We're different. You're from beneath. I'm from above. That's the first one. The second one is, he said, you are of this world. I'm not of this world. So he's saying, you're caught up in things I'm not caught up in. Do you see the difference? You're from down here. Here's where you live. I don't live there. I live up here. And you're in the world. You're caught up in the world. I'm not caught up in the world. That's why you can't come with me. Being beneath instead of above where God is simply means that we, everything that we're thinking about as individuals, if we're from beneath, is like we're living on a different plane and we, we really don't want to think about things above everyday activities, right? If I'm from beneath and, and Jesus said, you can't come with me because you don't, you don't live where I do. You don't think like I do. You don't feel like I do. You're, you're different. We, we come from different levels. Let's say it, level of society. I'm up here. You're down here. Now, of course, we know Jesus was a humble man. He, he was effused with humility. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about you think differently. You feel differently. You are, you are in, encased in the world beneath, not the world above. He said, it's, it, basically, it's like living underground, I would think. Uh, from the scriptures, it means if we're beneath, we're not with God. And therefore, we are basically ignoring him and we're making our own way. Now, there are a lot of people in this world that are just like that. Hopefully, you're not part of them. And I'm not part of them. But basically, it's like we have our everyday activities that we go through. And we really don't want to think about anything above here where we live. It's not like that, that we're criminals. It's not like we're out ignoring everything that God has said. It's not like we're abusing ourselves morally. We're not criminals. We're just, this is our, this is our society. This is our life. This is our level where we live. And this, we're comfortable here. We're from beneath. Now the problem with being from beneath is we're not gods, which means we have no way to determine how we're going to behave or what we're going to do or what we're supposed to believe. But we've chosen that. We said, I'm going to ignore what God has said, that there is a God even, and I'm just going to live here. I'm going to make my nest right here. Generally, people that are like this never really think about what, what's happening in their nest or what's going to happen to their nest when everything comes to a grinding halt. They don't usually think about that until the time comes that they have to leave this earth. Then all of a sudden it dawns on What's next? Well, what's the, you don't you can't see you don't know because you've been living down here instead of trying to live in the ethereal region with God and thinking about Him and thinking about things that are heavenly, things that are spiritual, things that are good for you, things that are good for your family. You you've been living down here and, and you've been getting along, but you haven't had any any real direction. You're not a god, and the people you associate with are not gods, and so you can't be directing yourself. And that's what the Bible says. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23 says, O Lord, I know, this is Jeremiah, he's saying, I know 
that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man to direct his own steps. Well, if we're living down beneath, if, if we're beneath, as Jesus said these men were, if we're beneath, we don't really know where we're going. We're trying to get through every day, right? I don't want to get sick. I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't want to fall ill. I don't, I don't want to be crippled. I, I want to be able to, to manage things. I want, I want to be able to be mobile. I, I just want to get, get past today and get into tomorrow. And I want to retire. And I want to make sure that I, I'm comfortable when I retire. So I'm living beneath. You follow? Isaiah 29, 16 says, Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say to him that made him? So here we are beneath and we're saying, Don't bother me and don't try to make me over into something I don't want to be. Right? So I'm going to say to the potter who made me, I'm the clay, he's the potter, how come you made me this way? So when things go bad, you know who I'm going to blame? In my life here beneath, if things go bad, if I get sick, why did God let this happen to me? I haven't even been, I haven't even been thinking about it. I haven't, been, I haven't been concerned about it. But all of a sudden, things go wrong, and when things go wrong, then then I have to have a scapegoat. And so I say, why would a God who's so merciful let this happen to me or my family or my friends? Why should this happen to us? Well, I'm living here beneath. And so that's the way I think. I'm thinking that, that I, I, I can get along and I can do what I need to do as long as, as long as I don't have to deal with anything above today or tomorrow. Woe unto him that strives with his maker. Let the potter strive with the potters of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, Why did you make me this way? Why did this happen? Well, Romans chapter 9 verse 20 says, Nay, but O man, who are you that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why have you made me thus? We're, we're just talking about living here beneath. Okay. Being from beneath, we don't have the insight to understand what's good and what isn't. If we're beneath and we, we've excluded God and we're just wanting to get by, we want to stay down here, we don't, want to, we don't want to think heavenly terms. We don't want to think about tomorrow in terms of eternity. We don't want to think about things that are moral, things that are good, things not good. Oh, we get excited come election time. We get excited because we want things to go right in our government. We want things to make. We want the government to make us happy. Okay, but here the point is: when we're when we're down beneath, we don't know what God is thinking, and that's a problem. That's a problem. We're thinking that we are smart enough to get along on our own without ever having to consult God about anything. The majority of people do not know what the Bible says about God. Which is a, a shame because it's the, it's the most printed book in the world in all the different languages. People have learned how to read and to become literate simply because somebody introduced them to the Bible and taught them how to read the Bible so they could read their lesson books. The Bible is available. Go to any motel, any hotel, and you can probably find one in a drawer. And they're, they're everywhere. 
Bibles everywhere. And that's what we want to do. We want to make them available everywhere so people can learn about God. But people that live beneath do not generally carry a Bible around because they're not thinking of things above. They're thinking about things here. How's my career going? How's my education coming along? Can I, can I move into this neighborhood? Can I move into that neighborhood? What's going to happen tomorrow? Anyway, we're down here, and we're not thinking about anything up there. But Jesus said, that's why you can't follow me. That's why you can't come with me, because you're down here. He gave them an opportunity to get up there, but here we are down here. Colossians one twenty five through 29 says, or 1 Corinthians one twenty five. I'm sorry. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, the weakness of God is stronger than men. Why, why do you suppose people do not understand the wisdom of God? Why do you suppose? It's because generally we think we're smarter than God. We believe we've got, we've got the answers. We've got life's answers. And if we don't have life's answers, we'll find somebody who does, and we'll write a book about it, or we'll give a lecture about it, or we'll have a symposium over it, and we'll figure it out one way or the other, but we ignore what God has to say. Because, why? Guess why? We're living beneath. That's why. We don't want to think about what He said. But God is the smartest individual ever. And if we just listen to Him, He'll give us some information. You see your calling, brethren, He said, have it not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty men, not many noble are called. Why don't? Why aren't they called? They don't live where he lives. Okay, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to nothing things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. You can't come with me, Jesus said. Why? Because you're from beneath. Being beneath means that our sight line is impaired. Do you know what your sight line is? Mine's getting more and more impaired. I'm getting to the point that I can't see as far I'm short-sighted. But I hope I'm not short-sighted in terms of God. But sometimes our sight is impaired. Our, our sight line is impaired if we, leave, if we leave, live down below. Let me, let me share something with you real quickly. We have discovered, I say we... Uh, oceanologists have discovered fish in the bottom, in the depths, in the darkness, the darkest darkness of the ocean bottom that have no eyes. Why? Why don't they have any eyes? You say, well, they didn't need them, therefore they didn't develop them. No. They atrophied. They didn't use them. You don't use your eyes. You don't use your arm. Before long, your arm's going to atrophy. You keep your arm down like this long enough, and you can't lift it like this. The same, the same thing with anything you have. These fish, actually, um, the concept of uh, evolution depends upon man getting new abilities, new, new uh, vestiges and so forth, that will improve your life. Not that we'll atrophy, but that's what happens. We atrophy things. We don't improve them. We don't add them to it. In other words, a frog, even though a frog wanted to fly, didn't develop wings so it could fly. 
that's, that's not what happens. What happens is that God created us, created everything the way he wanted it, and that's the way it is. And if you don't use what you have, you lose it. Have you heard that expression, use it or lose it? That happens. Okay. Now then, our sight line is impaired. We can't see far enough ahead because we live beneath. We've, we've atrophied our eyes, basically. Our, our eyes in terms of seeing the end of life. Maybe not, in, maybe, maybe not to the end of the day. Maybe we can see to the end of the day. I want to be able to do this, do that, and do something else. What we're saying is, we're just drifting along in the beneath. We're just drifting along. I'm not, I'm not obviously openly opposing God. I'm not telling people they shouldn't believe in God. I'm just letting everybody go their own way. What I'm doing is, I'm just drifting. Easy, I'm just drifting. And if I can get through today, I'm going to be happy. If I can get through tomorrow, I'll even be happier. So I'm just drifting along. Because my sight line is impaired, I cannot see beyond today. I can't do it. James said it this way in James chapter 4, verse 13 through 15. He said, Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow, we'll go into a such, a, a such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what will be on the morrow. Why don't I know what's going to be tomorrow? Because I'm short-sighted. I just can't see tomorrow. I cannot. Neither can you. But I'm not content with that. I want to see tomorrow. So in order for me to see tomorrow, you know what I have to do? I have to get up out of my beneath and get up where Jesus is on the above. He can show me what's tomorrow. Well, what is it, Bill? You know what I'm going to say? I don't care. Because I'm in God's hands. Jesus is going to take care of me. If I have a failure, what is He going to do? He's going to pick me up. Somebody will pick me up. God will make sure that everything goes okay with me. It's going to happen. I'm, when, I, when we get up on top, then we can see better, can't we? When we're down here, we can't see. We don't know what's going to happen. It says, what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. Why can't I go with Jesus? Because I don't live with Him. I live down here beneath. Living beneath occupies our attention on accumulating things. I want, I want to build things. I want to, I want to have things. I want to get, accumulate what I have on this earth so that I can, be, I can store up against tomorrow. Remember the statement in Luke chapter 12, verse 15 through 21? Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of things that he possesses. And then he gave a parable. He said, There was a man, a rich man, whose, whose fields yielded, and he built barns. He said, he said, I don't have enough barns. I'm going to build some more barns to, to get what I have. And God said, Thou fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Who shall these be? Who shall these be? We seek status instead of stature. Because we live beneath, we want respect instead of reputation. We work for pride and dignity instead of humility. We choose to stay beneath instead of stepping up and getting above. 
That's why the Pharisees and scribes and lawyers didn't know where Jesus was going. They didn't know where he was going. And they couldn't follow him. He was over their heads, basically. Jesus said also, and this is the one we're more familiar with, obviously. He said, I don't live in your world. The things that appeal to you do not appeal to me, basically, is what he's saying, wouldn't he? I don't live in your world. Why would you follow me? Because you, you wouldn't follow me. It, if you knew where I was going, where I was going, you wouldn't even follow me there. I don't live in your world. Matter of fact, he was hostile to that world. I don't live there. Now, Psalms 82 verse 5 says, They know not, neither do they understand. They walk all in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. And the darkness, God said, was the darkness of sin. Now then, it's not just living beneath and just kind of getting along and smoothing through life. No, it's not that anymore. Now it's I'm entangling myself in things that are detrimental to me and to you. That's sin. And that's what, that's what was stated in John chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. We like, we like the God so loved the world that gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish have everlasting life. But verse 19 says, This is the condemnation that light has come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. Now then, he said, you can't follow me because you live in a different world that I live in. You live in a different world. Not only are you down here just kind of smoothing, smoothing along, but now then, he said, you can't follow me because you are involved in the world. What's in the world? Sin. That's what he said. First John 2 at verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, this is of the world and not of God. Okay, he said, you can't follow me because you're in the world. Ephesians six twelve said, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You can't come with me because the world has got you. The world has got you entangled. And I'm not of that world. Now, when Jesus came into the world, He stepped into that darkness and He turned on the lights. He was in the world. The world was made by Him and the world knew Him not. He came to His own His own received Him not. John chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. But in John 15, He said, Now the world's going to hate you. If you follow Jesus, you cannot drag the world along with you. It just can't work. It won't work. Why can't I go? Are you going to leave me behind, Lord? Yes. You can't come with me. Why? Because you're in the world. You love the world. And you know what? The world hates me. The world hates me. That's what Jesus said. He said, if it hates me, it's going to hate you. You know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love its own, but because you're not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world because the world hates you. Okay. From beneath, you probably have no conflict with people in the world. You're from beneath, you're just coasting along. You're getting by, you're trying to get through today and get through tomorrow and leave everybody alone, just take, take care of yourself. 
and your family. But now then something else comes up and he says, here's the world. If you follow me, the world's going to despise you. Now then you're going to have some conflict. You're going to have some real conflict. He said, and he said, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testified of it that the works are evil. That's in John chapter 7 and verse 7. John 15 verse 25, it says, It shall come to pass that the world, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in the law, they hated me without a cause. Why can't we? Don't leave us behind, Lord. You're in the world. As long as you're in the world, you can't come where I go. You can't come with me. Ephesians 2 at verse 1 says, You have the quickened. He's made you alive. What's happening is you're going to get out of the world. Now you can follow Jesus. And that's what he told them. You don't believe in me, but but they could believe in him if they chose to. So you can get out of the world. You can step out just like Jesus never got in. But you can step out. And here he said, You have the quickened. He made you alive. You were dead in trespasses and sins. When in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And has raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, all you have to do to get into His world is believe that He is the Son of God. Believe Him. Grace will be given to you. Your sins can be forgiven. Jesus said, you're buried with me in baptism. Or Paul said it in John chapter 6. He said, buried with Him in baptism when also you're risen again to walk in newness of life with Him. You wash away your sins by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the pure water of baptism. You come up out of the water of baptism, a new creature, and you got out of the world. And you stepped up from the level you were before, from beneath. And now then, you're conscious of God and of the things of God. Now then, you're not living down here beneath. You're up here with, on the pedestal with God. And you're thinking, things look better here, don't they? Hmm. They look better from this direction, from this, from this perspective. I can see better. I can see where I'm going. And I can see where I've been. And I can see why God wants me and I can see that he has given me a way to come to him now Colossians chapter 3 says you're complete in him who is the head of all principality and power you're circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the body of his flesh putting off the body of the body of sins you know, the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism when also you're risen with him through faith the operation of God You just have to believe that He can get you out of the world. And He can. Okay. The time is coming. The time is coming when everything is going to be destroyed. From the Scriptures, to me, it does not appear as if there's going to be anything left here to stand on. Especially from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Heavens will pass away at the great noise. At the last trump, and that Bible says the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. This old earth will be, the elements will burn up with fire. 
the earth and all the works therein will be burned up. And Peter said, seeing that such men or such things are going to be dissolved, what sort of person should you, should you be? Well, I want to be the sort of person that goes with Jesus. I want to go with him. I want to be in that crowd that's with him. Those that are going to be left behind will be left behind after the judgment. I don't really know everything that's going to go on. Neither do you. I just know that there's going to be a, a great separation. That those who are in Christ are going to go with him into a beautiful place. It's called heaven where I, I don't even know what that's going to be like. I just know that it's going to be great. And whatever it takes to make me happy, he's going to make me happy. And you too. Whatever, whatever it is, he's going to make you happiest individual ever but I don't want to be left behind thinking I could have gone if I had just gotten out from beneath and got up on another level mm. if I had just gotten away from the grabbing pulling of the earth and the world just got away from that I could go with him and you can you can go with him don't don't be left behind at the judgment Let's stand and sing our song of invitation.